Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of NFT 305, presented by NFT Rumors. This is Lucas, your host, and I'm joined by Alec. As usual, uh, we're going to be giving you guys the NFT news updates uh, since our last episode. It's been a pretty big week, and there's uh, definitely some stuff to talk about. So we'll fill you in with everything there. Uh, We then have our project spotlight. Uh, Alec and I will both bring something to the table. We'll talk about it a little bit more in depth, uh, give you a you know, rundown of what's going on in that project. We then have an interview with the co-founder of Eternal. Uh, Jeff joined us uh, to talk about Eternal, talk about their launch uh, of their different packs. It's the video game streaming moment platform. Uh, It was a great conversation you'll want to stick around for at the end. So before we get into it, NFT 305, Uh, by nft rumors go check out the website nftrumors.com also go check out our twitter nft rumor at nft rumors on twitter um and yeah let's just get right into it To start off the news portion, we're going to talk about something going on right here in Miami. It is currently Miami Hack Week. A collection of hackers from all around are set up at a number of different houses around the city, uh, working on projects, uh, There's plenty of networking events such as coffee co-works and yoga events. Uh, Really great to see the development of the tech scene right here in Miami. Sticking on the topic of Miami, Miami Coin is the first city coin to go live, and it launched yesterday, Wednesday, August 4th. Miami Coin is a digital currency owned by the city of Miami that will be used as a framework for more development. All revenues generated from Miami Coin will be redistributed in this format. 30% will go to a community wallet, which can be used to develop infrastructure around the city while 70% will be rewarded to the miners that are holding up the ecosystem. Miami Coin was developed by City Coins, which uses the stack protocol to insert smart contracts onto the Bitcoin network. Miami is the first city to launch their citywide token, and Mayor Suarez believes that Miami Coin could end up earning millions of dollars as a result of its popularity. Transitioning locations, a NFT has been minted in space uh, through a partnership of Artemis Music Entertainment and space services company NanoRacks. The two firms minted an NFT of a recording of the composer Claude Debussy's Claire de Lune. The recording played at the International Space Station and orbited the Earth. On Thursday morning, Ethereum Improvement Protocol 1559 went live on the Ethereum mainnet. This improvement protocol is good news for many NFT collectors, as they will no longer have to deal with the extremely volatile gas fees. Prior to the improvement protocol, Ethereum miners could manipulate the market by congesting the network and raising these gas fees, which would all be paid out to the miners. Now, because of the Ethereum improvement protocol, a tip goes to the miners while a base fee is burned. This will in turn make Ethereum deflationary after ETH 2.0 comes out in early 2022. 
FTX, formerly Blockfolio, has added an NFT marketplace to their platform. Additionally, the Scent Marketplace, a Twitter-based NFT seller, has recently acquired a $3 million funding round, and Maker's Place has acquired a $30 million Series A funding round. There seems to be a little bit of a battle going on between luxury fashion retailers trying to become the most tech-savvy brand. For the 200th anniversary of Louis Vuitton's birthday, the fashion brand has released Louis the Game. The game centers around a young Louis Vuitton as he travels around Paris in order to make his fashion empire. Louis the Game is incorporating 30 NFTs, 10 of which are made by renowned NFT artist Beeple. On the other side of things, London-based luxury clothing brand Burberry is dropping its NFT collection in Mythical Games' Blancos Block Party. Players of Blancos Block Party can own Burberry's luxury goods for their avatar in-game. OpenSea, the leading NFT marketplace, recently delisted a project named Polygon Punks. Polygon Punks were very similar to CryptoPunks and removed due to a buyer safety issue. The Polygon Punks had amounted to $37,000 in sales just in 24 hours. As we mentioned on last week's episode, Coca-Cola was releasing a loot box NFT for International Friendship Day. Uh, this loot box, which contained four NFTs, one of which was compatible in the decentralized metaverse Decentraland, sold for 217 Ethereum or $566,000. Coca-Cola is donating all of the proceeds to charity. CryptoPunk number 5217 recently sold for $5.5 million or 2.25 thousand ETH. Additionally, Christie's The Auction House sold over $93 million in NFTs in July alone. Blockchain platform Eternity Chain has partnered with the world's greatest soccer player Lionel Messi to produce his official NFT collection. The NFT collection, entitled The Messiverse, will be available on August 20th and features four artworks by Australian artist Boss Logic. As always, a check-in with the Metaverse Index, which is an ETF of a collection of Metaverse-related and NFT-related tokens. Uh, the current price is $82.26. That's up 9.36% on the week. All right, that concludes our NFT news updates. Uh, as we started last week, uh, on NFT 305, we are now going to move into our project spotlight where we each just bring a project up and, you know, give you the roadmap and the rundown of what's going on. So, Alec, what do you got? Yeah, so one interesting project I was looking at this week is Dreamcats. Uh, it was made by Roplax. Uh, and what's really interesting about this project is that it's a generative art collection, but it was made by artificial intelligence. Um, wow. And so I know there's been a couple of projects in the past that use AI to sort of create very unique uh, digital layouts and create NFTs out of them. 
Um, and this one's pretty cool because it builds onto that. So rather than sort of random patterns, or whatever it might have been, uh, it creates these cats um, that each have very unique sort of, uh, I'd say, skins um, with really creative art. How many are there? Right. So there's 3.5 thousand right now uh, with a floor price of 0.01 ETH on OpenSea. So really going to be interesting to see where it goes from here. Do you mint them right from the website or? Yeah, no. So they already minted uh, all their NFTs. So if you want one, you have to get one from the secondary market from OpenSea. Gotcha. Yeah, the NFT community really likes cats, it seems. There's a whole lot of cat projects, but... The NFT community also really likes uh, monkeys, apes, whatever. Uh, we've seen Board Ape Yacht Club and how successful that has been. Um, I mean, their floor price is up to 14.25 Ethereum as of today. And it just minted a few months ago for 0.08, for 0.08 Ethereum. So you can do the math there. Uh, but the project I want to talk about is called Rumble Kong League. Uh, Rumble Kong League. It's a collection of 10,000 NFTs. And similar to Bored Apes, they kind of, instead of being apes, they're like these gorilla Kong things, they call them. And the art is cool. It's definitely on par with the Bored Apes. But kind of what makes them stand out to me is that there's an added utility to each one of their NFTs. So Rumble Kong League is a competitive 3v3 basketball experience. And it's combining play-to-earn functionality with the NFT collection club mechanics that we've seen. Uh, and that's what really what made Bored Apes go through the roof was these this club. So now Rumble Kong League, you get your Kong NFTs and you can put them together to uh, put your 3v3 basketball team together. So you need three Kongs to make a team. And after that, you can battle them uh, against other Kongs in the ecosystem. So it is fairly new. They have sold out on uh, their website, but you can get them secondary on OpenSea. And they are currently in the development of their game. There's just been some screenshots of it, and it's very community-driven. And yeah, Rumble Kong League. Let's see where it goes from here. Yeah, so go ahead, check out Dreamcats. Go check out Rumble Kong League. Uh, if you like the roadmap and the community, you know, you can get one off of OpenSea and get some skin in the game. Anyway, we are going to now transition to our conversation we had with the CEO and co-founder of Eternal. Jeff is a really smart and great guy, and we had a great conversation with him. Uh, we hope you guys enjoy listening to it. Let's get into it. All right, we are joined by another awesome guest today to NFT 305. It is Jeffrey Tong. He's the CEO of Eternal App. Uh, we've talked about Eternal a lot on the podcast before as we have covered some previous pack drops uh, and they all sold out in minutes. So Eternal is basically an NFT platform and marketplace that sells moments from popular video game Twitch streamers as NFTs. So in our news updates uh, on the podcast before, we have compared it to projects like NBA Top Shot, uh, but instead of NBA moments, it's these video game moments that are being sold as NFTs. And the pack drops that we've seen uh, recently have been categorized by games. So we've seen moments from GTA, moments from Halo. Uh, the first pack drops also featured 
moments from the Rogue Esports team and the most recent Wavemakers pack was featuring in real life streamer moments. Um, so we're really excited to have Jeff uh, join us today. We're gonna hear about the project. Uh, we're gonna answer some NFT censorship questions and we're gonna hear what we can expect from Eternal going forward. So Jeff, thanks so much for joining us and how's life treating you today? Hey guys, it's nice to be on NFT 305. Um, it's an honor to be here. And dude, it's busy, man. It's always busy. We're trying to just work as much as we can, make Eternal as good as can be and sign on bigger and bigger people. Definitely. Yeah, we love Eternal. It's We love the pack draft. It's really fun. Um, but before we get started and learn more about that, uh, what's your background in and what really made you want to develop this video game streaming moment NFT platform? Yeah, that's a great question. So naturally my background is in gaming and blockchain so if we go back far enough around 2011 i was still in school and i started this um esports data platform where we took pro match data from platforms from like all over the internet basically and we basically got lcs match results and all these pro match results and made it into a really nice data pipeline and we were able to sell that data to different companies like new sites and pro teams so they can scout other teams and that was pretty successful. We ended up selling that company. He eventually worked on a um, DeFi project. So it was ETFs and derivatives on the Ethereum blockchain. And this was back in 2017. So a bit before DeFi really blew up. Mm -hmm. right? Worked on that. Um, saw some early adoption, but it was a bit too complex for people at the time. Everyone back then was just buy and hold tokens. It was, it was the age of the ICOs. Right? People were just buying all the ICOs and that's what was happening. Yep. So, uh, but the tech was good. It was strong. We ended up getting acquired by Coinbase in 20, late 2018-ish. And since then, I kind of just hanged out a little bit, did investing on my <laughs> side. But at the end of the day, I really wanted to build consumer products. That's what I really like doing. And that's kind of how we got to Eternal, really the intersection of gaming, um, blockchain technology, both of which I'm very familiar with. And the last little bit is creators and creator economy. And you now having sold my first company in gaming, I met a lot of these creators and really understood the problems that come with Twitch and other platforms that they monetize off of. And this is a way to introduce something brand new to them as well. Right, that, that makes a lot of sense. And so looking at Eternal, if you have somebody who's never heard of the project, doesn't understand what it is, how do you how do you explain it to them? What do you do? Yeah, so I would just say Eternal is bringing gamers into the crypto world, and we do that by making NFTs from the top moments from platforms like Twitch and YouTube, right? Very straightforward, and you can look at it from several different ways. It's a NFT company if you're a crypto first person. It's a gaming moments company if you're a huge gamer and it's also a creator company that helps creators monetize and if you're coming from a fan or creator that's how you see the company as well so it's very multifaceted company definitely um i think it's really cool the i mean from video game creators in the past uh you know they're streaming these uh streaming their games their gameplay all the time and now there's a chance to you know put it on the blockchain and fully own it um, I can definitely see how that's empowering to them. 
Uh, but Eternal is live on the Flow blockchain. That's what you guys have developed on. And NBA Top Shot is also on the Flow blockchain, and it's one of the most mainstream NFT projects we've seen so far. Uh, has there been any coordination or inspiration between the two projects? Of course. I mean, with that or doubt, a lot of what they do is, um, of course, inspired why we started this, how we started it. But in many ways, I think, I, I know for a fact for gaming, it fits so much better. That's mm -hmm. what it is at the end of the day, right? The moment everything is digital first, and you know, we kind of looked at their pack format. Um, they focus a lot on the primary sales. They're, they have legendary packs, which are insanely expensive, but we don't quite do that. Our packs are pretty cheap, honestly, $9.99, and you have a chance of getting anything, much more like the Pokemon packs gamers are used to. Um, of course, one of the most important things we learn a lot from the marketplace and their economies. Like they made mistakes. Uh, they did great things as well. Right. But we're here to learn from all of that. And no, we talked to our team very closely, their economists, and we learned how they control supply and demand. And as you've seen, we kind of changed how we do our drops. They're not very frequent. Um, they're generally pretty infrequent, but we'll be adding other interesting mechanics on top of our drops, which is our core thing. Gotcha. And I, I think you made a great point there about the synergies between the gaming industry and sort of something like Eternal. Uh, I definitely see it being a better fit than something like basketball, uh, where they might not be as used to sort of this pack drop methodology and uh, the technology involved. Uh, but so transitioning over to the copyright conversation, there's a lot of gray areas in terms of the legality of content creation. Um, and so with something like Eternal, where you're coordinating uh, with Twitch, with the creator, with the eternal platform, and with the end user. Uh, what can you tell us about kind of your experience navigating via IP and copyright laws? Yeah, that's a great question. So for some context, uh, Kevin Lin, one of the founders of Twitch, is actually an investor in Eternal hmm. and in Zelos, the parent company. So he's been able to give us a lot of insights on what's going on here. Um, what we've done is basically signed up all the creators unofficial licenses that's exclusive to Eternal. So the reason we did that is Twitch has a clause that says any content created on Twitch belongs to the creators. They have no rights over it. So Twitch is not involved in this conversation at all. All we, ha all we have to do is sign up the creators and get their approval. And the moment we have that, we are officially licensed and we can create these NFTs. And as you saw, We've had pretty good success because of my past and my connections with these guys, signing up some of the top creators on Twitch. And this is honestly just the beginning. There's a lot of people on the way still. Yeah. So a lot of, uh, you know, people who are uh, taking in this content and stuff from streamers, they are incredibly passionate and love the community that's built behind the uh, streamers. So a lot of NFT creators, they receive a commission from secondary market sales and Eternal, they go a step further, further and show you how much you've contributed to each streamer who you've positively benefited. Uh, do you think this was important to include to show, the, show to the community how involved and in touch they really are with their favorite creators? Yeah, for sure. We made that decision very consciously. Like I come from a very deep creator background. I worked at Streamlabs, right? Which okay. is a donation platform for 
majority of Twitch. Mm-hmm. And I learned a lot from that. And people understand like what we're doing in the day is not just create an NFT with no value. We are creating fan loyalty as well. We are creating utility from the NFTs. And with the fan loyalty, we want them to know, hey, this is the person's reporting. This is not just something that means nothing. Like you're supporting this person, which means with more money, they can develop better content and become bigger, which then drives more value to the thing that you bought as well, right? And we really want to develop that cycle and that story and just keep everything transparent. That's that's like kind of the methodology behind blockchain. Right. And we really believe in that. Everything should be transparent. You know what you're doing. The creator knows what's happening. And that empowers everyone. And that's kind of the ethos we follow with regards to how we design a lot of our products. That makes sense. And so looking at the actual products, this last drop, Wave Makers, moves beyond just gaming. And it creates NFTs out of these like in real life content moments. And in the past, we've seen mixed levels of success when it comes to artists and creators converting a physical real life product into the digital realm and tokenizing it. So was there any hesitation behind making NFTs from these IRL content creators or was it still in line with the sort of gaming uh, scheme that you have? Yeah, so it was, it was a risk of sorts that we wanted to take to see how it would do because um, it was the first time we tried like gaming tangential stuff. Right? And a lot of it was like, hey, this is the same audience that's on Twitch. So this should be okay with the rest of our fan base and as you could tell it turned out great half of it because indie fox got banned and we signed her before she got banned and then she got banned so her clips became super exclusive she even said that herself on twitter um and we've seen an appetite for this right again it's the same viewership the same fans that are cross-pollinating between the different streams on twitch so they are as interested in this as the gaming clips themselves so we'll definitely see more of this in the future um yeah, no, I'll leave it at that. I won't go too deep into there. Okay. Um, so I think one of the coolest and, you know, the best parts of Eternal is the pack drops, how you release these NFTs in the cheap packs. Um, so you've successfully launched five pack drops now, uh, and most of them sell out very quickly. So we've actually tried to get our hands on a couple and unfortunately did not get any. Um, so your fourth pack drop, the Spartan one, the Spartan pack, uh, it used a waiting room queue and it resulted in a lot of loyal fans not getting a chance to get a pack. Um, what have you guys done to ensure that these pack drops are smooth, uh, fair for everyone and, you know, no bots are in there picking up the packs? Yeah. Look, everything I'm telling is the best of abilities. Mm-hmm. Botting and all that stuff is, it's a cat and mouse game. You do something, they do something in return. Um, we've, the last drop we did was we changed the first come first serve plus captcha, which ideally means if you're there on time, and as long as you can do it faster than another person clicking through four different captures, you should be able to get a pack, right? And we see some pretty good success there. But from a high level point of view, um, I spent a lot of time in shoe botting, sneakers, all that mm-hmm. good stuff. Yep. So I understand how the bots work really well. There's some ways to counteract it or make it not worth it for them. For example, um, I don't know how deep you guys are into the scene, but draining proxies, burning all the data they use to essentially run the bots. Um, the best way to answer is like, we're not gonna be super transparent how we do the drops until 
we get very close to the date and then what kind of tell guys, hey, this is how we're going to do our next drop, which ideally means they don't have enough time to react and change all the code and everything right before the drop. And we see Supreme, uh, Easy, do very similar strategies. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, the community around this project is really live. You got whales like Tweety building these <laughs> massive portfolios. Uh, the Discord's constantly gossiping, and it seems like new streamers are hopping on basically every other day. So what's next for Eternal? Can you tell us anything about what's on the horizon in terms of allowing withdrawals, future pack drops, or any updates? Yeah, look, um, withdrawals, I've said it once. I'll, I'll say it again every, anywhere I need to, but it's just compliance and legal stuff right like anything that's fully up to us like product adding features it's there it's there fast like you can see it on discord someone makes a suggestion we're like this is a good idea and then it's in the next day but with compliance legal stuff we have to go through a certain process that we just have no control over uh we are doing that and then we of course have to integrate it i don't want to give a timeline because it's probably not gonna be correct <laughs> so Smart. we're working on it yeah, I look. The, the one thing I would say is I don't want to do it like how Topshot did it, where they had so much pent up demand for withdrawing. The moment they enabled it, the market crashed. Right. Right. They, everyone took their money out. It just wasn't great, and then they kind of had to monkey patch it by saying, "Hey, you know, you can't really withdraw right now." You know, they let people in one at a time, so it doesn't drop as much. That's not our plan. We want to make it fully transparent. You can take your money in, out, and the market will not be affected as much as we grow. If you truly believe in eternal and you see what we're doing, you're going to stay. You're going to understand the value, right? And true fans will stay. So with regards to other plans, um, our focus is to really make this the best product for collectors and creators, right? I think from your point of view, you guys can see it from the collector point of view pretty easily, but creators is a very large focus for us as well. Mm -hmm. Because they're the ones that are actually promoting us, actually telling us to their fans, bringing in new users, and actually creating the value and the content itself. So there's a lot of tools we're going to be building there that you guys may not see, but the creators' fans and the creators themselves will experience a lot more as well. Gotcha. Um, um, yeah, so this has been amazing. Jeff, thank you so much uh, for talking to us about Eternal. Everyone should check them out on Twitter, uh, as well as the website eternal.gg uh, to uh, look at the marketplace, get involved in a future pack drop. Um, so I guess I got one more question for you. I'm a huge fan of FIFA. Are I we going to see any FIFA streaming moments coming to Eternal soon? Okay. So FIFA, yeah, that's a huge meme on Twitch for a lot of streamers that watch, everyone's like, oh, with FIFA, when are you playing FIFA? Um, look, FIFA is one of those things that is constant and just constantly popular. It doesn't mm -hmm. spike as much. Right now, a lot of the games that we are doing are kind of games that spike up in popularity and may fall off later. So we're going to focus on those in the near term. With that said, FIFA's pretty easy for us to do, honestly. The moments mm -hmm. are pretty clear of what's a good play, what's a good pull. Yeah. So I would say within a year, expect something. Okay. For sure. It's yeah. gonna it's gonna come. We're gonna look, we're gonna do everything on Twitch. We're gonna eat up Twitch. That's the goal. That's what Eternal's mm -hmm. gonna do. So if FIFA's on Twitch, it's gonna be on Eternal. Definitely. It's so cool what you guys are doing Eternal. Uh we'll definitely continue following along with the uh pack drops and 
hopefully get one next time. But Jeff, thank you so much. This has been amazing. Thank you guys. Bye. All right. We hope you enjoyed that conversation with Jeff from Eternal. Uh, it was good to get the answer on some censorship issues. We know that that's kind of a hot topic around NFTs these days. Uh, go check out the website at eternal.gg and also give them a follow on Twitter at Eternal App. Uh, so this concludes another episode of NFT 305 presented to you by NFT Rumors. Uh, let us know what you think. Leave a review. Uh, give us a rating. Uh, really help us out and mean a lot. Also share us with every NFT enthusiast you know. Uh, make sure you check us out on Twitter at NFT Rumors. Check out the website, nftrumors.com. Uh, I wrote some blogs up there this week about Board Ape Yacht Club and some other NFT clubs, how they're fulfilling human desires of belongingness. So pretty interesting. Uh, I also went a little bit more in depth on Miami coin, but go ahead, check those out on nftrumors.com and let us know what else you want to hear. And we will catch you next week. Have a good one. Peace. Peace.